Thanks so much for tuning in to NL Newsday. It is Friday, October the 8th. Now, the labor force survey results for the month of September in British Columbia showing that the province is leading Canada's economic recovery with 12,300 jobs added last month. B.C. continuing to lead all provinces since the onset of the pandemic with a job recovery rate of 101.5%. And our unemployment rate is one of the lowest in the country at 5.9%. So for more on all of this, please to welcome back to the show Jobs and Economic Recovery. Recovery Minister Ravi Kalan. Ravi, how are you doing today? I'm great, Jeff. Thanks for having me. Yeah, appreciate you uh, taking some time here. So we'll start with the positive. I mean, we continue to be the leader in the country of Canada when it comes to our, our job recovery as we go through this pandemic. I guess, what do you attribute the success that we have had in BC? Is there anything you can kind of look to to say this is why we in British Columbia are doing better than elsewhere in Canada? Well, uh, you're right. BC is leading the country. We have the fastest recovery rate, and uh, and wages are going up as well, which is I think really important uh, for you know working families. But I would attribute it to to three things. You know, the premier early in the pandemic said healthy BC is a healthy and a healthy economy go hand in hand. And I think um, you know having led with science and making decision around science, I think was an important piece. Uh, for uh, for BC in the long run, I think people have been done doing the right thing. I mean, people are getting vaccinated. Almost nine out of ten people are vaccinated. I mean, that's pretty remarkably high if you compare it to to other jurisdictions. And people are you know doing what they need to do to keep themselves and and communities safe. And uh, and of course, I think the stronger BC, our, our recovery plan uh, has a big part to play in it. It's very targeted supports. Uh, supporting businesses and and people, the highest in per capita in the country, and and all those things come together. I think uh, it puts us in a good spot. One one thing I think that is maybe difficult for people, especially myself. So I'll, I'll just use my own my own self as an example here. Is when I look at these labor force numbers, and you know they're doing well. I, I get the job creation is there, and people are heading back to work, and that's that's fantastic. But where are a lot of these jobs? That's the one thing that I kind of struggle with a little bit because we hear so often, you know, especially when we're talking about like the service sector, they're constantly looking for workers. You talk about accommodation sector, they're they're still struggling to find people to get back to work how you know how do we look at this as as you know a positive story because people obviously have jobs which is the point of this survey but also how do we find ways to kind of make up for those gaps that are still existing you know is, is there a way to kind of weigh those two things against each other well uh, i think you you kind of nailed it jeff in that if you have more people working now in bc than we did when the pandemic started and things are starting to open up you're going to have major pressures on the labor market. And that's what we're seeing many employers and, uh, and whether it's uh, hospitality or tourism related or whether that's in manufacturing or uh, in tech, uh, we hear about the labor shortage. And, and really there's three ways we're, we're getting at it. One uh, is, uh, you know, the $95 million we announced for skills trading uh, and upskilling. Um, and that, that's critically important because it's micro-credentials. It's quicker turnarounds for people to get the skills to take the jobs that are available. Um, the second is child care, and that's a little bit more long-term. But we know, because this month alone, you're seeing 13,000 women enter the labor force because school is back on. And so you know there's a direct connection between child care and and employment. And, and lastly is immigration. We're going to need people to come here, but we don't want them coming here as a temporary come work and leave. We would like to see people come 
contribute to the community, uh, you know, uh, be part of the community, but also bring their skills to help our economy move forward. You mentioned childcare being a significant factor here when looking at the month of September and talking specifically about women re-entering the force. I'm just trying to find uh, the stats within the survey here, but we know women have been disproportionately impacted by the pandemic. Uh, yeah, I found it here. So BC's increase in employment for the month of September in women, job recovery rate for the, that uh, gender stands at 101.7%. So that's significant. And, and going back to school sounds like a big part of that. I know childcare was a significant thing that the NDP has been working on trying to lower the rates for childcare to make it affordable. We have the commitment now from the Liberal, the federal government as well on this. Uh, so how critical is it to look at childcare beyond what school is and, and making sure these employment numbers don't shift and change depending on whether school's in session or not? Well, the child care is going to play such an important role. That's why we prioritize this. Uh, you know, we have the first minister ever dedicated just to child care. Uh, you, you touched on the historic agreement that we've uh, just signed with the federal government, which uh, is going to be a, a game changer. You know, the federal government's finally getting into the game on, on child care, and that's going to move this along. And uh, the research is clear. This is not a, a social program this is an economic driver and uh, the canadian business council in fact uh, sent a, a note recently that said you know if we don't address childcare, we will not see a strong recovery and so i think everyone understands how important it is and that's why we've prioritized it as a government um I guess it's also worth highlighting, you, you touched on it earlier on, but uh, the increase in wages that we've seen in this province over the last uh, four years here, pretty significant. Uh, the average hourly wage going from $25.41 back back in 2017 to $30.74 here as of this latest survey. I mean, that that's nothing to sneeze at. That is huge. 21%. I mean, that that's definitely something worth patting yourself on the back, I think, over. Why has BC been able to, to do this? I mean, we, obviously the minimum wage going up is significant and, and playing a part in this, but I mean, when we're talking about over $30 an hour, minimum wage is obviously only a, a small chunk of that. Well, I mean, for over a decade, it was uh, the former government's policy to keep wages down. Uh, you know, the minimum wage didn't go up for nine years. Uh, and the costs were going up and people were struggling. And so, yes, taking steps to raise minimum wage, uh, seeing, taking steps to, you know, drive uh, new employment opportunities is, is helping wages go up. And quite frankly, we need it. I mean, we live in one of the most expensive provinces in the, in the country, uh, and, uh, and people are falling further and further behind. And so seeing the wages go up is significantly important. We're number three in the country, um, and uh, we know that we need to continue to see good-paying jobs come into B.C. so that people can raise families here. Um, last thing here for you, Ravi, just, just going back to the, the conversation about, uh, you know, y y where, where people are getting these jobs. I mean, you, you mentioned the improvements to skills training. That's huge. I think we want to see people getting, you know, more secure, better paying jobs, but how do we address those labor shortages that are occurring in some of those other sectors, the, the, the hospitality, the accommodation, the tourism sectors, like how do we get people back into these, uh, areas because we want to see our, our restaurant owners and entrepreneurs do well as well, uh, but they need some, some labor in order to do that. Yeah, no, and it is a challenge. And, uh, you know, I've shared with you before, my family ran a restaurant 
and Victoria for over a decade. And, uh, and, and finding good people is always a challenge. Keeping people is always a challenge. We're seeing some wages increase. That's pulling more people back into the workforce. Uh, certainly we've seen that this month. Uh, and of course, there's the demand side as well, which is critically important. You know, we're starting to see a lot of people visiting, supporting their local businesses, which is fantastic, but we still don't have international tourism. And that does affect every corner of this province. And as we start seeing uh, more of that come back, the demand will rise, the oppor- economic opportunities will rise, and maybe the wages will rise as well. But we'll start seeing more people come back into the workforce uh, over the uh, over the coming months, I suspect. All right. Well, I'm sure we will have a chance to, to catch up in, uh, in a month and look back on October and see what changes have made uh, at that point in time. But uh, always appreciate you coming on the show, Ravi. Thanks so much for this today, and have yourself a wonderful weekend. Yeah, stay safe. Thank you for having me. All right, there you go. BC's Minister of Jobs, Economic Recovery and Innovation, Ravi Kalon, speaking again to the September Labor Force Survey. That is the one thing I just cannot seem to wrap my brain around, is where the heck are all these jobs, are all these, you know, former employees, where did they go? Like, why is the restaurant industry having so much trouble getting people back to work? Why are the the hotel sector, why are they having so much trouble getting full complement of staff in their facilities? If we have, you know, more than 100% of our jobs back, we have recovered back to, you know, pre-pandemic levels of employment, why is there such a labor shortage in some of these areas? I just, I'm sure there's... Simple reasons, whether it's, hey, I started my own home business and so I'm able to make as much money as I was doing my minimum minimum wage job as a hostess. I can now, you know, sell my arts and crafts on Etsy and make the same amount of money. If that's true, I mean, I get that. I can comprehend that. Uh, But nonetheless, it still doesn't compute in my brain as to the significance of the shortage. Because, like, yeah, I can understand a few people doing that, but the sheer numbers, the volume of people that have seemed to leave the, the lower-paying jobs that are out there. I just don't get it. Uh, so how do we get more people back to work? How do we get them into the workforce? I mean, if you've got a teenager out there, someone who's in school and needs a part-time job, there's no shortage of part-time jobs available. Maybe they should start getting to work instead of hanging out at home. I don't want to put it all on young people, but uh, I'll just leave it at that. 